By Christmas Eve, 1914, the First World War had raged across Europe for nearly five months. The grim reality of a hard war began to set in. Both sides began carving out trenches across the eastern and western fronts. They prepared for a war that had no end in sight. The western front extended for hundreds of miles through France and Belgium, protecting the heart of France from an invading German-led army. Life in the trenches was bleak. Soldiers on both sides were at the mercy of a bitter European winter. Supplies and morale were dwindling. There was insufficient medical care, and the enemy trenches were often only a hundred feet from their own fortified positions. The distance between the opposing trenches, referred to as no man's land, was littered with the bodies of the deceased from both sides. To step into this space meant to step in to nearly certain death. It was against this backdrop that on a moonlit night and a frost-covered ground, the unexpected occurred. It was something that defied the cold realities of war and would have a lasting impact on all those involved and even beyond. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Hey, can we give Jesus just a big praise this, this morning, uh, this afternoon? Hey, this is why we celebrate, right? We celebrate Christmas because of Jesus. Hey, welcome to our 4 o'clock service. It's uh, it's like a breath of fresh air you all are. Our first service at 10 o'clock, we had 450 people in this, in this auditorium, which doesn't even fit that many. So thanks for like giving us some space and choosing to come to this one, and then we still got our 7 o'clock service. But hey, my name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm just so excited to be with us and with you guys all this afternoon. And um, how many of you are history buffs? Any of you like really love? Okay, how many of you just... Buy, Honest, deep down, you just don't like history. You're like, I don't care about <laughs> All right. Hey, that's all right. We still love each other. Uh, when I was at college at Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids, when I was working on my undergrad, uh, I majored, or I'm sorry, I didn't major, I minored in history. So I'm slight history buff. I just, I just love history. And I was doing a lot of just history reading this past month, and I came across something that was really astounding to me in World War I. And um, about 104 years ago, this guy was assassinated. Now, many of us probably have no idea who this is. This is the Archduke of Serbia by the name of Franz Ferdinand. He was assassinated, and over a course of six quick days, this assassination of this man escalated and sparked into a global conflict. What happened was, is Austria declared war on Serbia because they thought it was the Serbians that assassinated their archduke. Well, all of a sudden, Russia says, well, that's not fair. You can't declare war on our friend Serbia. So Russia declared war on Austria. And then Germany butted its head and said, you know what? Forget it. We're declaring war on Russia. Oh, it's not done yet. France said, all right, fine. We're in two. We're declaring war on Germany. Germany says, all right, we're not done yet. We're going to declare war on our little neighbor country, poor little Belgium. And then you had the great, the Britons, who come in also and say, you know what? Germany, you can't pick on little countries. We're coming in, and we're declaring war on Germany. Everything happened in six days. Over one man's assassination, Franz Ferdinand, And we had an entire global 
conflict that happened over more than four years. And most historians say about 14, 16 million people died over because of one assassination attempt, or the assassination that happened to one person. Complete global outrage because of that one incident. 16 million died. Most, some historians will go up and say almost 20 million died in this war, World War I. But what happened was there was one tactic that came to the forefront that we've never seen in wartime. It was called trench warfare. And what you did in trench warfare is you would find your position, dig down, get deep down into the ground, hide in the trench, never see your enemy eye to eye, and just start hurling ammo that way. And on Christmas Eve 1914... On the western side of the front of World War I, a guy, we don't know who it was, we don't know what side of the fight it was, but laid down his weapon, went to the middle ground between the two trenches, known as no man's land, no man's land, yeah, and got there and said, hey, I declare a ceasefire this Christmas Eve 1914. And both enemies laid down their guns and decided to go into no man's land and meet one another. What they realized is that the Germans and the French and the Brits all had something in common. They were Christians. And they said, you know what? For one day on Christmas Eve, one day we can set aside our differences. We can set aside what we're angry about and lay down our guns and let's celebrate the common thing we have together. That's Jesus. So they ate fruitcake together. All right? I can't stand fruitcake. Any of you love fruitcake? God bless your souls, because that stuff is nasty. But they ate fruitcake together and had a great time. They traded little medals back and forth. These were people hours before shooting at each other. And they decided to sing together. And in fact, one of the major things that happened on Christmas Eve 1914 is that they played soccer together. And they had a soccer game. But what was so cool is they were willing to lay down everything for a common cause. Let's just stop fighting. Let's just lay it all aside and let's realize that we just need to celebrate Jesus. What was really interesting is that history records is it actually changed these men. What they would now do is as soon as Christmas Eve was over, they went back to war the next day on Christmas Day. And all of a sudden now as they got into their trenches and into their positions, some of these guys won't pull the trigger anymore. So they're like, no. I played soccer against that guy, and I don't know if I'm going to hit him or not. I, we traded the medals back and forth, and I, man, we, we, we ate fruitcake together. I don't want to shoot him. And all of a sudden, the commanders got angry. They're realizing, hey, we're in war. And so what they started to do with these guys that did this on this Christmas Eve in 1914 is you got moved to a different area. And then they came up with a new law in the military called No Fraternization. Which means you can't get to know the enemy because you won't hate your enemy. So no more talking to the enemy. Because if you start liking the enemy, you won't pull the trigger. And that evening in 1914 became what you and I know as the Christmas truce of 1914. And here's what I believe deep down in our souls. I think we're very similar to what they've experienced. I think we have a war raging on in our own hearts. 
and there's some ugly, vile thing. And what we do is we dig into our trenches and our positions, and we don't want to move, and we just we, we fire vile and evil things at people. Just look at social media. My goodness, do we not post some evil, vile things on social media? Husbands and wives will attack each other on social media. I don't even want to talk about the politics. Republicans, Democrats, independents, whatever, conservative, liberals, they fire at each other. And it's so easy to just dig into your trench and because you don't have to see the person. You just fire things that, that way. And it hurts. So this, this afternoon, I'm declaring in 2018... The Christmas truce of 2018. Come on, somebody. It's the Christmas truce of 2018. No more. No more fighting. Especially the church. If you're a follower of Jesus, come on. We got to be the light to the world. Jesus says, you got a mission. You're to be my hands and feet. Go shine your light for others to see. And you know what we do? We get into our trenches and we don't want to move and we get stuck there. And we, you know what? I'm not moving. I'm just hurling insults. And we play it safe because we do it through social media. Here's what a truce is. A truce is a suspension in the fight. Man, we need, we need a suspension in the fight in our marriages. We need a suspension in the fight in our families. We need a suspension in the fight in our schools and in this nation. We need to bring healing to this world. Amen? Man, we need it. So how do we do it? How am I going to live out the Christmas truth of 2018? How do we do it? Real quick. Number one, uh, here we go. Someone has to take the first what? First step. We don't like to do that, do we? You know what we like to do? Dig that trench, get in, and not move. And you're in conflict with someone, and we'll say, you move first. If you move first, then I'll move. Or better yet, I'm not wrong. No, 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 no. You're wrong. Come on now, we can all take a little responsibility for the chaos in our lives. Right? Because come, it takes two to tango. Ain't no one perfect. I'm, I'm right about 99% of the time. The 1%, I am wrong. Don't ask my wife. Just go with my statistic, all right? got to take the first step. I don't know if you've heard the husband and wife that um, they were in, in a very heated conflict. And they decided with one another, you know what? They're both really good at the silent treatment. Anyone really good with the silent treatment? You guys know what that is, right? He's just like, I'm not talking to him. Give you the silent treatment. Well, this husband and wife were both really good at it. It was like their love language, really. Is they're just silent treatment. They were so awesome. And so the husband had to go to bed early because he had to wake up early to get to the airport on his business trip. And so he wrote a little note. He said, hey, wife, wake me up at 5 o'clock. Set it on her pillow and went to bed. He's like, dude, she's going to see that, you know, and... Next morning, rolls along, and all of a sudden, he jumps out of bed, and it's 9 o'clock. And he looks at his nightstand, and there's a note from his wife that says, get up, it's 5 a.m. <laughs> we just don't like to take the first step, do we? we got to be willing to sometimes come up and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Even if you don't believe deep down it's your fault, I think that's what Jesus' followers do. We stop that fighting in our friendship and in our family and in our schools. we got to bring healing to where those areas are, where there is fighting going on inside of our hearts. Here's the second thing to do. Be willing to drop our what? Be willing to drop your weapon. What I realized is when we're in fighting, in conflict, we make the thing we're fighting over bigger than the people we're fighting with. And what does Jesus say? Two greatest commandments, love God and love others. And we completely blow that commandment out of the water. We don't even care about that commandment. You know what, what? I'll dig my trench, I'll get in my position, I ain't moving. And I don't care if I hurt you, this is mine, I'm not wrong and I'm not moving. We gotta be willing to drop our weapons. We gotta be willing to focus on what unites us. And in World War I, in that moment on Christmas Eve, they realized it took one soldier to get up and go into that no man's land between those trenches and just say, you know what, enough. Let's suspend the fighting. Let's celebrate what we, what we are all about that unites us, and it's Jesus. And we got a mission, church. We got a mission, friends. If you follow Jesus, the world is watching us. How you deal with conflict what are you showing the world in your marriage and in your friendship and at school and in your workplace? What are you showing the world? Are you any different? And then lastly, you got to leave what? One more time because I didn't have enough change. All right, one more time. Ready? Leave change. Leave change. Don't just do this. Be changed by it. Because here's what the world tells you to do when you're in conflict. Hey, come up with a resolution. The problem with a resolution is there's always winners and losers. Someone will be right, someone will be wrong. And in World War I, almost 20 million people died because they came up with a resolution. You look at what Jesus says when it comes to conflict in our lives. Jesus says, no, 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 it's all about reconciliation. Say this one word with me, reconciliation. What in the world does that mean? Well, reconcile means to bring back together by bringing the balance to what? Zero. Oh, you mean I, I gotta do that with others? Yep. Because what is so difficult is so many times we'll come and we'll say, hey, you know what? I'll forgive you about 90% and I'm gonna dingle 10% over your head because I'm still hurt. No, 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 Jesus says, I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. Jesus sits here and says, no, 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 you got to bring the balance to nothing. And I'm thankful this is exactly what Jesus did. When he died on the cross, I didn't have to go to him and sit there and say, you know what, I didn't beg for forgiveness, I didn't do it. Jesus says, no, 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 hey, you're forgiven. Your sins, I'll give you do-over after do-over after do-over. There's nothing. I set my son to the cross to forgive you. Your balance is zero. We got to do the same thing to other people. Here's what Jesus, or Paul, have you ever doubted your faith? You ever doubted this, the church and God and whatever? You're going to relate to Paul who writes this letter. Because Paul did the same thing. And Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and here's what he says. For Christ himself has brought, what's this word? Peace to us. I'm telling you, this afternoon you can experience peace in your life. You, you can try the world's way, but I'm telling you, look what it says. It's Jesus that's going to bring you peace in your life. 
And you can have that and experience that this Christmas. He says he brought us peace. And then look at this. Watch the, watch the language. He united these two people groups, Jews and Gentiles. Two people group, Jew, and if you're not Jew, you're just lumped in as a Gentile. He brought them into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He broke it down. He made, what's this word again? There you go. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ, what's this word? Reconciled, there it is. He reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other. The trenches that you and I build when we're hurt and we're just throwing ammo and insults at people, that hostility was put to what? Amen for that. And the problem is, do we really live that way? Here's what I know. Through Jesus, God brings our balance to zero. And I am so thankful for that this morning, this afternoon, whatever it is. It all blurs together to me. Zero, nothing. Thank you, God. There's nothing else I can do in this world. There's not many more church services I can do or read my Bible more or pray more. God loves me as I am. And I'm thankful for that. There's, I can't earn his love. His love is already there. As as meant as it could be. He loves you exactly where you are with all your hiccups and, and uh, baggages and everything you carry in this afternoon. God loves you exactly where you are here this afternoon. Someone needs to hear that. Some of us are just struggling with that because we were in our trenches. We don't want to move. We're hurling insults. and I'm just not good enough, but I feel better when I, when I just spew vile at other people. It just makes me feel better. Listen, listen. Jesus loves you. And you bring your balance to zero if you let him. And here's, here's for you and I. 2 Corinthians. This is Paul still writing. This is the church in Corinth, which has four letters. And this is probably the fourth of the letter, but we only have it, so it's the second you follow that? Yeah, just not anyways. Just give me good, goodness. All right, ready? All this is from God who what? Are you, are, you see, are you seeing this? He reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, you and I, the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sin against them. Amen to that. Let's not do the same to other people. How come I didn't get an amen after that one, huh? <laughs> and he has committed to us the message of what? Let's read it. Reconciliation. Listen, you've got a ministry. If you follow Jesus, you have a ministry. You say, no, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a ministry. You have a ministry. You have the ministry of reconciliation in your work and in your family and with your friends. You have that ministry. And here's what I know. When we are reconciled with God, he gives us the power to reconcile with what? Others. I know some of us say, man, Ryan, now you don't know my story. 
You don't know my husband. There ain't no reconciling. You don't know my kids. You don't know my wife. You don't know the boss that I cannot stand. There is no reconciliation. I'm telling you, if you go all in with Jesus, you'll see his power in your life, and he will do amazing things. Is it always easy? Nope. But here's what I truly believe, and I'm just speaking as a pastor that loves you all. We look for the easy way out. We look for it. Why? Because a lot of times there's a lot of comfort on the easy way out. And instead of just putting on our bootstraps, say, I know this is wrong, and I've been wrong, and I'm going to reconcile this, and I'm going to move no matter how difficult it is, and I'm going to go all in with Jesus, and he's going to give me his grace and his mercy and his power to get through it. And yeah, that storm in your life may last for a season, and I don't know how long, but I'm going to tell you there's blessing on the other end. So to this afternoon, I keep catching myself. This afternoon... I've declared Christmas truth of 2018. I'm declaring this new year, 2019, is a year of breakthrough. Yes, we got someone. Yeah, you guys clap. Good. Thank you. 10 o'clock didn't clap. I was like, this. I, 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 sometimes when you speak, you think like they're going to probably clap here or there or whatever. And they didn't clap. It caught me off guard. So I had to redo it again with them, and they clapped. So maybe you guys snuck in both services. Thank you. A year of breakthrough. I'm telling you, I get so giddy. It's a year. I've been praying. That's the one word for the church for the next year is breakthrough. I want us to break through in our own lives with our, spirit, with, um, our faith and our spirituality. I want us to experience Jesus in a new and fresh and anointing way like you've never experienced Jesus before. I want relationships healed and have breakthrough in our marriages. And I know a lot of our marriages in the, at Radiant Life are kind of, there's some that are literally on the brink of divorce. There are some that are just out of divorce. There are some that are powerful. I'm telling you, I want breakthrough. I don't want breakthrough. I think your heavenly father wants breakthrough for you. And we're launching out of the series in January. It's titled Breaking Free. And you probably are sitting on those cards that's your invite card for New Year. We're kicking this off January 6th, breaking free. We're breaking free of lies that we believe, addictions in our lives. We're breaking free of uh, sexual strongholds. We're going to talk depression and suicide. And I had a conversation this morning sitting there saying to a, to a, young, excuse me, to a young lady, hey, I need more cards right up here. And I said, okay, how many do you need? A lot. What are you going to do with all them? I need to invite my friends in my high school. I said, how awesome. I said, they need to be broken free because there's too many people of my friends that are sitting there cutting themselves over and over. I'm telling you, we're going to be broke free of many things. You know what's cool too? In four months, we're breaking our ground and the expansion of our facility here at Radiant Life. That's a breakthrough too. That's it. Yeah, you better cheer. That's awesome. I'm excited. Hey, you know what? Also for you on your plate, first Wednesday, experience prayer and worship. We're not stopping in January. First Wednesday is January 2nd. I can't think of a better way to start the new year than in prayer and worship. So come, January 2nd. Hopefully your hangover is done by January 1. I'm just saying, I know how some of you are, all right? In Jesus' name, get free of that as well, all right? Yeah, not enough amens on that one, all right. 
come on, we're going to get free. You need to attend this. It's only an hour. And we normally don't have stuff for our kids because the kids are on break. That Wednesday, we're going to have stuff for your kids. Amy and the kid men team are going to do things. If you got kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews, bring them. Six to seven, January 2nd. Let's get free of things. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we've had healing take place at this service. Tumors removed from people's bodies. I'm telling you, I want you to get experience God in a brand fresh new way in 2019. We're going to have breakthrough, church. It's the year of breakthrough in 2019. Yeah, I'm preaching now. Hey, here's another thing, because I'm excited. I'm excited. In February, we're also doing a series called SOS. stands for Song of Solomon. It's God, Sex, and Marriage. I thought the guys would say amen on that one. <laughs> That's all right. We're going to go through. And so I know some of you are like, well, I'm not married. I don't do that. Hey, come, because you can learn also, even if you're in a dating relationship or you're um, engaged, whatever it is, still come through that series because it's going to empower you. February 22nd and 23rd, we're hosting a marriage conference here at the church called Always. And we're bringing in a guest speaker called Dan Seaborn. He's awesome. And it's going to be Friday night, and then you go home and do what husband and wives do, and then because you, you're going to be passionate and love again. And then. <laughs> Hey, go one more amen, it's that time. And then you're going to come back Saturday morning just from 9 to 12, and we're going to, we're, we're going to have a year of breakthrough, friends. I believe it. I believe the ministry of reconciliation. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I'm praying for it. Man, worship team, you guys can make your way back. But it's a year of breakthrough. It's the ministry of reconciliation. I realized that as I was reading a bunch of stuff on World War I, that the first truce was not Christmas Eve of 1914. The first truce was when God decided to send his son Jesus to this world. To enter into the chaos of this world. Where the Roman government ruled everything. Where Herod the Great was on the throne as well as Caesar. And you had Mary and Joseph and you had wise men. You had tax collectors, you had shepherds, all in relational conflict and chaos. And Jesus said, God looking down says, no, I got a better way. I'm going to wake up this world with my son, Jesus. And this is the way it was announced by the angels in Luke chapter 2. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And this afternoon, you can experience that peace. You can experience the favor of God resting on your heart and on your soul. Let's not just celebrate Christmas. Let's experience Christmas.
And I love the hymn writer, and he wrote many carols as well, Charles Wesley. He wrote this carol. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconcile. Let me pray for us this afternoon. I know some of us here, that war still rages on inside of our hearts. And you're ready to just settle that war. You're ready just to experience love and mercy. You're ready to experience life in a brand new, fresh way. I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. Just to enter into that relationship knowing that this is the reason why Jesus was born. It's the reason why we celebrate his birthday that we call Christmas. It's to be reconciled with our Heavenly Father. So just say this prayer quietly in your own soul. Just say, Heavenly Father, I surrender my life to you. Settle this war inside of my heart. I put my faith and trust into you, Jesus. Come live inside of me. Come make me new. Come make me whole again. And help me experience your peace. May your favor rest on my soul. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for making me whole. Thank you for making me new again. And all eyes still closed, I just, I know that was for someone. I know it in my spirit, that was for someone. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything crazy. I'm gonna ask you just absolutely, you're gonna stay in your seat. I'm gonna ask you if you're willing to just shoot your hand out in just a moment. Because I want to pray for you. Because here's the reality. There's an enemy of your soul that hates that decision you just made. Who wants to derail you and wants to put the chaos back into your life. So I want to pray for you. And I want you to know right now in heaven there's a party going on. I need to say welcome to the family. So on the count of three, if you said that prayer, I just want you to shoot your hand up and then you can put it right back down. One, God loves you so much. Two, you're made new. You are a brand new creation this afternoon. Three, if that was you this afternoon, amen. Yes, anyone else? Yes, amen, amen. You're good. Awesome. Anything else? Yes, praise Jesus. Anyone else this afternoon? Man, Jesus, you are awesome, you are good, you are in the business of reconciling us to you and to each other. We thank you, Jesus, for this thing that we call Christmas. We thank you that there is no other name but the name of Jesus. And we pray this in the awesome name of Jesus. Everyone said together, amen. Can we give Jesus a hand this afternoon? Life's changed, friends. Absolutely. Yes, I love that I get to do this, love it.
History records on that Christmas Eve 1914. As they were in the middle of the two trenches, trading things and playing soccer, weapons laid down, that they sang a Christmas carol together. That Christmas carol being Silent Night. And they sang it in their own native languages. And I thought when I read that, it's a little ironic. Because I wondered if it was really a silent night for them. Although they laid down their weapons, I wonder if they couldn't hear the artillery fire from the other fronts of the war happening. My prayer for us this afternoon, and it's been for the last week, is that God would silence.